pounds what? Uh, the whole Adderall shortage. Yeah, Adderall shortage is some fucking bullshit. So the new stuff that they have you on? Uh, it's better than what my sister's on, which is Ritalin. Oh, yeah. Ritalin causes man <laughs> boobs. I mean, my sister's already got tits bigger than mine, so... <laughs> I mean, she wears, like, an N. Dude, even at my biggest, I wasn't that large. I think I was an E or an F at my largest. Like, I mean, she goes past LMNOP. (laughs) (laughs) Like, her boobies are like, (laughs) They are not bees. They are boobs, but they are not bees. Like, you know that, that, that TikTok song that is like... Do 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 do. Wee! And then I was like, Wee! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'd like to welcome everybody. My name's Ran, and I am Tammy. And this is I love a good rabbit hole. And just so y'all know, I got a squishmallow here. Her name is Paisley. <laughs> she's very cute. She's she's an ultra. She's an ultra rare. Impressive. I didn't know they. I didn't know they came in ultra rare, but apparently they do. I found her at the bottom of the box. We bought her right away. Today, I bought a little blue cow squishmallow. And you better believe that when I put her in my cart, first thing out of my mouth was, I gotta go. We got cows. We got cows. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) We got cows. (laughs) That's amazing. I would also like to say that today, I got an Instagram message from another podcaster. And that's what you sent me? Yeah, from Fact Schmacks. I've never heard of this podcast. They, well, you should. I mean, I've listened to I've listened to their whole catalog. They're hilarious. They're from Canada. Canadia. I know. And they say they they got the oat in the boat language. Do they? Eh? They do. <laughs> um, so that cracks me up right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are smart. So, hopefully they never listen to us. (laughs) (laughs) Do not learn from our mistakes, guys. Please, do not. However, Um, if you're hot, I've always wanted to visit Canada. I'm just saying. um, But they're really funny. And what they they always start their intro um, with that they've got a podcast and that he's, or they've got a story. And then the other one says, "I and I'm going to interrupt it. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds about right. And um, they're super good. So any of our friends who want to listen to a really good uh, other podcast that does great stories, really well researched, um, and two guys from Canada, and they want to hear that oat in a boat lingo, go listen to Fact Schmacks. They're super funny. Um, And they always have, they start out their podcast with um, either, they have this little trivia game that's fact or schmacked. and the guy has to try and figure out whether it's a fact or a schmacked. Right. And it's super funny. Yeah. So they're really funny. Um, I've enjoyed their whole thing. I've gone through their whole catalog probably ha- one and a half times. Not nearly as much as I've gone through Necronomapod because Ian's voice just lulls my ass to sleep <laughs> with, his pota- with his potato soup voice. <laughs> Sometimes it's the little things. It's that potato soup voice. It's just potato soup for my ears. It's just like... <laughs> I go to bed watching uh, the Detail Geek. Uh, the detail yeah, geek? Pe- like my older sister tells me that I'm I'm really weird because um, I watch him detail cars, top to bottom, and so like watching the extractions, like all the brown nasty water that comes out of people's cars, and like he oh, steams. Uh, yeah, I'm like, it, of course, me being a clean freak, constantly cleaning like anything and everything I can possibly get my hands on that people God, let I need me you to come over to my house. Um, yeah, so that's my relaxing time before I go to bed. I start falling asleep to him, and he's from Canada, and he it makes me giggle every time he says garage. Gar- it's his garage. Yeah. He says garbage. Yeah. That's beautiful. I know. <laughs> I was like, as long as he doesn't say garbage, yeah. we fine. Yeah. Because like my mom said garbage, and like that was her trying to make our trash sound fancy. And I'm like, mom, it's garbage. It's trash. Juliana it's does that. She will say uh, tomatoes. Juliana, no. Tomatoes. No, no matter what she it's does, tomatoes. it's tomatoes. I'm like, I had a friend who was really into the Hispanic culture. So she would, she was a hundred percent white, but she would say jalapeno. Like she was Hispanic. 
Okay, for this is how stressed I am. I'm defuzzing. <laughs> what is going on? Okay, so now we. Okay, so now that we've had fun, now let's. It's no longer fun. Uh oh. Um, I'm just gonna say this now. This topic today. Uh, for those of you that don't like this kind of stuff, this topic is going to have murder. This topic is going to have sexual assault. This topic is going to be unpleasant. This topic is also very close to a very important topic. And it's something that's, that has been talked about by people for many, many, many years. And I am terrified that I'm not going to do it justice because it's such a heavily, like, psychologists have based their whole careers on this topic. And, like, I am in rabbit hole from middle of nowhere, middle of United States with a squishmallow. And I'm just scared that I'm not going to do it justice. And like, I want to do this person justice because they were a beautiful person. And it's like, I mean, it's a great topic. And I, I care about the topic. And it's like, I've stressed about it. So like, I just pulled fluff out of the top of my squishmallow. <laughs> because it is such a precious topic. I have absolutely no it, doubt that you will do it justice because it's that near and dear. It is. It, it, I do care about it. Um, so with that said, again, preface that, that it is going to have murder. It is going to have sexual assault. So if you are not into it, um, by all means, do not listen. Move along. Come back next week. Maybe we'll have a more fun topic. I don't know what that topic will be, but maybe you can read the topics. The What is the word that I'm looking for? Title. title. The description? Title. Yes. The, t the description. Title. So I'm going to crack into it. What are we drinking today? Today, well, we have one alcoholic beverage. Oh, that makes me too. I have a little margarita here. Oh, well, look <laughs> at us. We've got a, we have an alcoholic beverage in this cup. <laughs> Cheers. And we have an energy drink in this cup. So I'm kind of like back when in my teenage, or my, not my teenage years. Whoa. No, I didn't drink when I was a teenager. <laughs> you, your nose did not grow. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, uh, when I was in my twenties, 21s, 21s, <laughs> when you were in the legal young age, <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, you know, back when I would drink Red Bull and vodka, yeah. cause that was my favorite. Mm, yeah. Those were the days there used to be a bar in downtown Portland that wouldn't serve Red Bull and vodka anymore because it made the people too rowdy. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, Alani peach. Mm. I'm just a sucker for peach. Really I are. love peach yeah. anything. We went to, uh. Winco, and we got these little tiny bottles. Oh, how They're cute! They're like inky little things, and they are the perfect size for that cup. So, a little bit of ice, nice. a little bit of salt around the rim, and I am one happy chica. See, I can't do the salt. I have I like I salt. have a hard, I have a hard salt aversion, mm. like hard. Like tonight, I made macaroni and cheese and hot dogs, and uh, I put too much salt in the water, and I was like, eh, I can't eat this. <laughs> I salted the noodles too much. I was like, frick. And Mark's like, it's fine. I'm like, mm -mm, mm -mm, too much salt. Too salty. Anyway, but bad. So with that said, tonight we are covering the story of Kitty Genevieve's, Genevieve's um, also known as um, Catherine Susan Genevieve's. So I do have a few questions for you to kind of be little talking points. Um, do you know what the bystander effect or bystander syndrome is? I want to say Yes. Okay, so the definition of it is the inhibiting influence of the presence of others on a person's willingness to help someone in need. Psycho psychologist Bib Lante and John Darley made their careers studying the bystander effect and have shown in clinical experiments that witnesses are less likely to help a crime victim if there are other witnesses. The more witnesses, the less likely any one person will intervene. Yes. And to me, that is so sad. I agree. Like, I just want to think that the more people there are, the more like, like, I want to think mob mentality yeah. would take over, but apparently that's not true. It just like, all depends, I guess. Yeah. Because, like, I mean, if you walk up and you see that, like, some people are like, oh, well, there's all these other people standing around. Well, 
they're not doing anything, then I won't do anything. Uh, right. I Unless there's personally, I'm not that way. I'm like, get the fuck out of my way. How can I help? <laughs> right. Unless there's somebody like you who's going to say, okay, you do this, you do that, you do this. Okay. Let me do this. Mm-hmm. Like if there's that strong alpha personality, who's going to take charge and start doling out roles, then somebody will do something. Mm-hmm. But unless there's somebody to give somebody a job, nobody does anything because nobody knows what to do. Bunch of sheep. Yeah. I'm all, I don't want to say we're sheep, but nobody knows what to do because nobody wants to get in the way, mm. I guess. Do you know when 911 was created? Oh, God. I want to say I really should know this. It's okay if you don't. I mean, this this isn't a pass or fail quiz. I'm I not was gonna, a like, 911 a- dispatcher. I should know the history of it. Uh, no, I cannot. I want to say this. Bankruptcy specialist. I don't know when bankruptcy was created. I, I want to say as early as the sixties. Um, it was created in the sixties. The first call to nine one one was placed February of nineteen sixty eight. The murder, the murder, the murder of Kitty Genevieve. Gene, Gene, God, I'm gonna fuck up her name fifty is times. It Geneve- the mur- Genevieve or is it Genovese? Genevieve. Okay, it's Genevieve's. Okay. Um, is credited as one of the factors that pushed the emergency 911 system into place after New York City officials joined in a national effort evol- involving officials in other cities. It became a national emergency number in 1968. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, what type of people call the police? Oh, God. All kinds. All kinds. You got the nosy neighbor who is literally from like bewitched, standing at the window, going, "Harv, call the police! They're mowing their lawn again." Right. Okay. But now here's the here's the one thing: the number one kind of people that call the police are people who are not worried about getting trouble, or people who do not fear repercussions of calling the police. People who do not call the police are people who fear the police. So people who are criminals already, people who think they might be a criminal, people who are afraid of retribution and yeah. People who don't, who don't want to get involved with the police themselves. Don't call the police. So that's something to kind of keep in mind as we're going through this situation here. And back in the 1960s, that's kind of what you would want to think about when we're talking about this story. So Kitty, a.k.a. Catherine Susan Genevieve, born in Brooklyn, New York on July 7th, 1935. She was a cancer, uh, also the year of the pig per the uh Chinese Zodiac. I decided to add in some extra tidbits <laughs> about her because I thought she was such a cool person. Um, she shared people, uh, she shared her birthday with notable people such as Ringo Starr, Shelley Duvall, Jim Gaffigan, and Kristen Vanganese. I love Shelley so Duvall. I thought those, I, I, you know, out of all of those people, I thought um, Kristen Vanganese was the, was the coolest one for her because both of them kind of have a similar gender, huh. so to speak. All right. Um, so her parents were Vincent and Rachel, uh, Genevieve. Um, and also I love the name Vincent (laughs) for a guy. I just, I love that name. It's a strong name. I don't know why. It really is. It's also kind of vampiric. Yes. Um, the oldest of five children, Genevieve, uh, Kitty was a graduate, graduate of Prospect Heights High School and remembered as a very good student and voted as class cut up. So she had a good sense of humor. Uh, following her graduation in 1953. Wow. She was, now that I think about it, she was kind of like around my mom's age. Huh. Huh. Wow. I didn't even think about any of this until just now. Um, Kitty's mother. So following her graduation in 1953, Kitty's mother witnessed a murder on the streets, which motivated the family to move to New Canaan, uh, Connecticut. Um, it's saying that we lost connection to the server. I saw that. Oh. There it is. Usually okay. doesn't take that long to reconnect. Okay. Anyway, so they moved to uh, Connecticut. 
the parents moved to Connecticut, but um, Kitty did not want to move. She stated that she wanted to remain in New York because she felt that that was where her destiny was. She did marry, but her marriage was about as long as Britney Spears' first marriage. Oh, okay. It was annulled. Okay. Who wouldn't want to live in Connecticut? It's such a pretty state. Somebody who wants to live in New York. Valid. Who wants to live in one of the boroughs. Mm. All right. That would be Kitty. I mean, if your name is Kitty Genevieve's, I think you're meant to live in New York. I concur. Um, so Kitty remained in New York working as a secretary for an insurance company. And then she began working nights at Eve's 11th hour, which is apparently is what was called a girl bar. Okay. Um, but this is also during the time that when being gay was illegal. Okay. So it was kind of an underground thing. And so it was very hush hush. Um, uh, a bar. So Eve's 11th hour, um, is a bar in Hollis neighborhood of Queens. Um, first she was a bartender, um, and then she was promoted to a manager. Um, and then she moved to Queens. A decade, a decade later, Genevieve's met her girlfriend, Marianne Zelenko. And I'm sorry, last name Zelenko. You belong in that Queens. Like that last name, like that's like a pink lady. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> like, damn. Like, I'm sorry. Just like, no. Nah. Do you think these glasses make me look smart? Nah, you can still see your face. Nah, you can still like, see your I'm face. sorry. Like that name just screams. <laughs> Like, I mean, you don't hear names like Zelenko anymore. And I'm sure, like, you know, those people still exist. But damn, that is an amazing last name. Um, So, and apparently the way she met Marianne, like, she met her at the bar. Um, and, like, they hung out and they talked and they danced and stuff. And I guess she really liked Marianne. Um, and, you know, this wasn't back during, like, they didn't have cell phones and stuff. So, like, how are you, like, how did they date back then? I have no they idea. They actually called each other on the phone and actually went out and interacted with each other. But, like, people, not everybody had a phone in their house. Like, <laughs> no. that wasn't common. So, apparently, what Kitty did was she knew where Marianne lived. So, she went to Marianne's house and she put a note on Marianne's door and said, I'll call you at the phone across the street at blah, blah, blah time. And she did. And she called her at the payphone across the street. Mm -hmm. And, like, they met up and, like, they started dating. That's like precious. How much game is that? Right? That's amazing. That's actually putting forth effort instead of, like, hey, right. you up, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> or like swipe right or right? left. Or, I don't even know which way. I don't know which way you're supposed to swipe. <laughs> I mean, the only swiping I do is on TikTok and it's up. <laughs> hey, swipe so, or no swipey. Yeah, I don't know which way you're supposed to swipe. I've never <laughs> swiped. I don't know. I would have a, like, Mark can never leave me because I would have no idea how to date anymore. Right. Um, I'd be clueless. Um, so they dated for a while and um, Mir so the two found a second floor apartment together in Kew Gardens in Queens. And this area was considered a peaceful and safe area to live. Not flip my page. Also, I would like to state that I printed my stuff. Uh, I didn't realize that the piece of paper that was in the printer was like designer paper. <laughs> and so I printed half of it on like firefly paper. Nice. So that was really easy to read on so speed ahead um her and marianne didn't even get to date for a full year um because unfortunately uh kitty met her untimely demise and so it was um on march 12th kitty was going to go to work and she was actually going to go out with some friends and she was going to stay the night um, at her friend's house, which lived above the bar that she worked at, at, um, at what was the name of the bar again? I forgot. Um, at Eve's. At Eve's. 11th hour. Eve's 11th hour. She was going to stay the night above with her friends at that, uh, there. And she was getting off work and she decided, nah, I'm actually just going to go ahead and head home. And her friend was like, are you sure? You know, wouldn't, you know, it's late. Wouldn't you rather just stay there? Mm -hmm. And she's like, no, I think I'd be better off just going home um she put on her coat and everything and got into her her little red roadster and drove home had she 
stayed at her friend's house. We would not be reading this story. Yeah. It's funny how fate. One, one minor decision. Yeah. One little tiny decision. I cannot tell you how many times and Allison's probably going to laugh and blink and then go, Tammy, you're an asshole, but I'm going to do it. Allison and I were out and I just didn't want to be out. I wanted to be back home. So like I walked home. It's not that big of a deal in Pendleton, you know, but it is. Q Gardens was considered a safe neighborhood. Exactly. It's that it was a three minute drive home. Yeah. It was a hundred, it was a hundred, a hundred feet from her car to her house. Yeah. So in the early hours, of March 13th, 1964, Kitty Genevieve, a 28-year-old bartender, was raped and stabbed outside the apartment building where she lived in Kew Gardens, neighborhood of Queens in New York City, United States. Below is now the famously debunked article from the New York Times. Mind you, the facts are fast and loose. The headline doesn't even match the body of the text. So, I did. So my sources are the article from the New York Times. I also have information from history.com and I listened probably 20, 30, 40 times to my favorite podcast about this story um, from You're Wrong About uh, to get my information for this. Um, so here, I'm going to read the article first. Excuse me as I just burped a little bit. Wouldn't be a podcast with us if I didn't burp. 37 who saw murder didn't call the police. Apathy at stabbing of Queen's woman shocked inspector. For more than half an hour, 38 respectable law-abiding citizens in Queen's watched a killer stalk and stab a woman in three separate attacks in Kew Gardens. First of all, 37 who saw murder, 38 respectable law-abiding citizens. Already we're playing with our numbers. Right? All right. Twice, the sound of their voices in and the sudden glow of their bedroom lights. So there we go already. Twice and three times. Whoever wrote this article, literally nobody fact-checked them. (laughs) And this was the New York Times. Alrighty then. Yeah. Twice the sound was out that day. (laughs) Twice the sound of their voices and the sudden glow of their bedroom lights interrupted him in frightening him off. Each time he returned, sought her out, and stabbed her again. Not one person telephoned the police during their assault. One witness called after the woman was dead. That was two weeks ago today. But Assistant Chief Inspector Frederick M. Lusson, in charge of the borough's detectives and a veteran of 25 years of homicide investigation is still shocked he can give a matter of fact recitation 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 of many murders but the kew gardens slain baffles him not because it is a murder but because the good people failed to call the police fuck you the good people asshole Hmm. Like, literally. He's making, he's, like, they buff him up to make him sound like this, like, amazing person. And the good people, he makes them sound like they're just, like, these, like, assholes. Like, these good people, how dare they? Really? Like what I'm hearing right now is the good people could have been as easy as one person thought another person was calling 911 and they didn't want to bog down the emergency system. Part two of that is, I'm guessing... There was no 911. It, it was in, oh, 1958. I'm sorry, I thought you said... 1964. So just before. This was, okay. Yeah. So maybe they thought somebody else was calling the police and they didn't. Mm-hmm. Or... He's trying to blame it on the public when really it was the police who was like, it's just a lesbian. Let's not worry about it too much. Because well, nobody knew she was a lesbian because you couldn't be out about that shit. No, you could not. But I guarantee you people knew. Mm, no, not really. They thought it was her roommate. They looked like they literally thought they were friends. Yeah. So anyway. Okay. Okay, as we have reconstructed the crime, he said, the assailant had three chances. Actually, he only attacked her twice. Um, as we have reconstructed the crime, he said, the assailant had three chances to kill the woman during a 35-minute period. He returned twice to complete the job. Math. It's hard. If we had been called when he first attacked, the woman might not be dead now. This is what the police... No, she would have been dead. She was stabbed five times in the back with a hunting knife. Her lung was punctured. Stranger things have happened. Her lung was punctured. Again, stranger things have happened, but I get it. In 1964? Yes, stranger things have happened. 
Yeah, that's true. Ben Affleck was Batman. There you go. So was Robert <laughs> Pattinson. He was better than Ben Affleck. I don't care what anybody says. Michael Keaton's the only Batman. Except for Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer had nipples. No, that was George Clooney. That was right George up. Clooney. Yeah. That's right. Anyway. Uh, bat nipples. Oh. Weird. I just realized I unplugged my mic, not my battery. Hi. <laughs> I'm still getting stuff that says... Weird. Yeah. Okay. And you've been able to Who hear knows? me, so I'm not going to worry about it. We're just going to okay. keep going. <laughs> it could be fun. Okay. Okay. Um, I forgot where I was. Um, if we had been called the uh, when he first attacked, the woman might not be dead now. This is what the police say happened beginning at uh, 3.20 a.m. In the, in the state, middle class, uh, tree-lined Austin Street area. 28-year-old uh, Catherine Genevieve's, Kitty Genevieve's, who was called Kitty by almost everyone in the neighborhood, was returning home from her job as a manager at the bar in Hollis. She parked her red Fiat. Oh my God, she drove a red Fiat. How amazing is she? How fucking cute was that car? <laughs> okay. Um, she parked her red Fiat in a lot adjacent to Kew Gardens, Long Island Railroad Station, facing Mowbray Place, like many residents of the neighborhood. So I'm assuming she parked her car, like, here... And was like crossing the street when he parked back here and came towards her. Okay. Because she was on the corner under a street light where he first attacked her. Okay. Um, she had parked there day after day since her arrival from Connecticut a year ago. Although the railroad frowns on the practice. She turned off the lights of her car, locked the door, and started to walk the 100 feet to the entrance of her apartment at 8 8270 Austin Street, which is a two-door building with stores on the first floor and apartments on the second. The entrance to the apartment is in the rear of the building because the front is rented to retail stores. At night, the quiet neighborhood is shrouded in the slumbering darkness that marks most residential areas. So, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. It's March. What do you... In New York, 3 o'clock in the morning, in March, your window is probably closed. Yeah. Yours is probably open. Mine is probably most, open, yes. <laughs> most people, the average human, as opposed to Burgermeister, Heatmeister, you. Everybody wishes are, they could be as cool as me. Windows are closed. <laughs> so three o'clock in the morning, everybody's windows are closed because it's probably effing cold. At night, the quiet neighborhood is shrouded in the slumbering darkness that marks most residential areas. Kitty... Noticed a man at the far end of the lot near a seven-story apartment house at 8240 Austin Street. She halted, then nervously she headed up Austin Street toward Lefferts Boulevard, where there is a call box to the 102 police precinct in nearby Richmond Hill. She got as far as the street light in front of the bookstore before the man grabbed her. She screamed. Lights went on in the 10-story apartment house at 8267 Austin Street, which faces the bookstore. Windows slid open and voices punctured the early morning stillness. Miss Genevieve screamed, Oh my God, he stabbed me. Please help me. Please help me. From one of the upper windows in the apartment house, a man called down, Let that girl alone. The assailant looked up at him, shrugged, and walked down Austin Street towards a white sedan parked a short distance away. Miss Genevieve struggled to her feet. Lights went on. The killer re returned to Miss Genevieve, now trying to make her way around the side of the building by the parking lot to get to her apartment. The assailant stabbed her again. I'm dying, she shrieked. I'm dying, she shrieked. I'm dying. Windows were opened again, and the lights went on in many apartments. The assailant got into his car and drove away. Miss Genevieve staggered to her feet. A city bus, the Q10, the Lefferts Boulevard line to Kennedy International Airport passed. It was 3.35 a.m. The assailant returned by then. So by now she's gone down the building and turned around a corner and she's now heading up a back alleyway into her apartment building. And he, the assailant has left and has come back. And now he, at first he was in a long trench coat and a stocking cap or a stocking cap. And now he's in 
his long coat and a fedora. So he, from a distance, he looks like a different assailant to people oh. through their windows. Okay. The assailant returned. By then, Miss Genevieve had crawled to the back of the building where the freshly painted brown doors to the apartment house held out hope to safety. The killer tried the first door. She wasn't there. At the second door, 8262 Austin Street, he saw her slumped on the floor at the foot of the stairs. He stabbed her a third time. This is actually the second time because he didn't come back the second time. That was still the first time. Ah. Fatally, it was... 3.50 by the time the police received their first call from a man who was a neighbor of Miss Genevieve's. In two minutes, they were at the scene, which is bullshit. Bullshit. Excuse me. There's no way that some New York cops got to the scene in two minutes. Well, you said the 102nd precinct was around the corner? No, that was a call box for the 102nd precinct was around the corner. Okay, so how far away was the 102nd Precinct, did it say? Well, she lived, um, where did she live? I don't remember where she lived. She was on Kew Gardens. I was just curious. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember her address or anything, but they were, they were a lot further away than that. Than two minutes? Yeah, well, of course the New York Times is going to make the... Of course. Gotta make them look good. Right. Um, Just like it's the, I mean, it, you know, general public's fault that nobody called. It's absolutely not the police's fault. They did not screw up this investigation at it all. It took them five minutes just to get through to the police precinct because you hmm. had to call the operator. The operator had to call you you, connect you to, had, connect you to yeah. the precinct. Um, so let's see. And the time that he stabbed her the third time, he also sexually assaulted her. Good times. Yeah. So, I mean, you're assaulting a dead woman or a dying woman. Good job, jackass. Um, let's see. The neighbor, uh, a 70-year-old woman and another woman were the only persons on the street. Nobody else came forward. The police said most persons had told them that they had been afraid to call, but had given meaningless answers when asked what they had feared. So this was when the police finally did show up. We can understand your... Um, Reticence? Resistance? Reticence? Reticence? Reticence. Okay, reticence. (laughs) Of people to become involved in an area of violence, Lieutenant Jacobs said, but where they are in their homes near phones, why should they be afraid to call the police? He said his men were able to piece together what happened and capture the suspect because the residents furnished all of the information when detectives rang doorbells during the days following the slayings. But why didn't someone call us that night? He asked, unbelievably. Witnesses, some of them unable to believe what they had allowed to happen, told a reporter why. A housewife, knowingly, if quite casual, said, we thought it was a lover's quarrel. Because they didn't see a knife. They just heard people fighting. So a lover's quarrel is a female screaming, he stabbed me. I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. Well, see, that's... Okay. So let me... You're stupid. Let me just finish this (laughs) article and then we're gonna... Then we'll go back to this. And tear it apart. Right. Okay. So... A husband and wife both said, frankly, we were afraid. They seemed aware of the fact that the events might have been different. A distraught woman woman, wiping her hands on her apron. I didn't want my husband to get involved. One couple, now willingly willing to talk about that night, said they heard the, fir- the first screams. The husband looked thoughtfully at the bookstore where the killer first grabbed Miss Genevieve's. We went to the window to see what was happening. But the light from our bedroom made it difficult to see the street. The wife, still apprehensive, added, I put the light, I put out the light, and we were able to see better. I asked why they hadn't called the police. She shrugged and replied, I don't know. The man peeked out from a slight opening in the doorway to his apartment and rattled off account of the killer's second attack. Why he hadn't called the police at the time, I was tired, he said without emotion. I went back to bed. It was 4.25 a.m. when the ambulance arrived for the body of Miss Genevieve. It drove off. Then a solemn police detective said the people came out. The reason the police, the reason the police claimed there were 38 people that saw the attack is because they filled out 
38 slips of paper. Hmm. Not because there were truly 38 people that saw the attack. No. Because they spoke to 38 different people and filled out 38 little pieces of paper. No one at any point in time saw the whole attack from start to finish. So they cut bits and pieces of it. Right. Because where everybody was located from their windows saw different parts of the attack. No Mm -hmm. one saw the knife and the stabbing. Because that, when that happened, that happened, and then she screamed. And people were woken up. Ah. No one was even awake when it started. It started at 3 a.m. in the morning. People, everyone was asleep. Dead asleep at that. One person, so several years later, like I want to say like 40 years later, one person stated that his father did call the police. And that his father was on hold for five minutes. But the police never showed up. Yeah, I believe it. Um, also, at that time, ambulances were not equipped for triage of any sort. Nope. They had what was the equivalent of first aid kit. I'm willing to bet that the first aid kit that I have at my desk at, at work is more better equipped for triage than what they had in that ambulance. Those ambulances were literally made to scoop and go. Yeah. They did not have any equipment on it. Just just pick up a dead body. That's all they were. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, like, also, so you know how the woman said that she thought it was a lover's quarrel? Mm -hmm. Back in the 50s and 60s, it was socially acceptable for men to beat their wives. Yep. And as long as you didn't use a stick any larger than their thumb. Right. So it, you didn't get involved if a husband was beating his wife. You yep. just stayed out of it because, oh, she probably brought it on herself. Yep. Don't get involved. Yep. This was before domestic violence laws. So the one person that did scare off the attacker was Robert Moser when he screamed, let that girl alone, causing the attacker to flee. So there was one person who did do something. Mm-hmm. Oh, he got the attacker to flee. <sighs> the whole story just pisses me off. <laughs> so her girl, her roommate and girlfriend, Marianne Zelinsko, Z- Zelinsko, Z- Zelinko, not Zelinsko, Zelinko. <laughs> um, she, because she was viewed as a roommate and not a spouse or anything, even back then, um, she was she was notified around seven o'clock that her roommate was dead and because she wasn't an ex of kin she she was good enough to identify the body but that was it mm-hmm. and she had to hold her composure because she didn't she was terrified that the cops might find out about her being yep. a lesbian for fear that that would come into to play mm-hmm. um at one point wh- while in the stairwell Kitty was shouting up the stairwell, Carl, Carl, help me. I'm dying. Carl was, Carl, is. Carl was her, her dear friend and neighbor. He was the person that Kitty was shouting for. But Carl was too scared to call the cops due to his personal lifestyle. He oh, was gay. Lord. So at one point, he crawled out his window. No, at first, he called his friend. So let's see. This is what I have about Carl. Carl opened his door and he saw the attacker stabbing Kitty and closed the door. Oh my God. And he called his friend asking what should he do? And his friend said, don't get involved. And then he heard Kitty calling, help me. I've been stabbed. I'm dying. So he crawled out his window and went to a neighbor's apartment. I believe he went to Sophia Farrar's window. And asked, what do I do? Finally, Sophia put on her fucking pants <laughs> and went out to Kitty and told Carl to call the cops. And finally, someone called the cops. And, and wow. Sophia held Kitty as she was dying. No. So, so it was 4 a.m. when police knocked on the apartment door and informed, oh, it was 4 a.m. when they informed, uh, Marianne about Kitty and the stabbing. Uh, it wasn't until around 7 a.m. that Detective Mitchell Sang arrived to question Marianne, who was being consoled with liquor by neighbor Carl Ross. Because what else are you going to do? <laughs> the shitty part. 
Sang found Ross intrusive to the questioning and arrested him for disorderly conduct. And that's why people hate the police. And that's why people don't call the fucking cops. Yep. Sang also knew that that Kitty's body was discovered lying at the bottom of the stairs leading to Ross's apartment. So he used him as a suspect. Of course. Later, homicide detective John Carroll and Jerry Bruins arrived and grilled Zelenko on her relationship with Kitty. Because that's more important than her murder. The questioning took an inappropriate turn, focusing on their sex life, and lasted for six hours. Much of the police questioning the neighbors revealed a preoccupation with the gay lifestyle. Mary Ann was then considered a suspect. Yep. Even though everyone identified it as a male. But because she's a lesbian, she's a suspect. Because God knows lesbians are just heinous bitches obviously who want to go stab their lovers in the stairwell of homosexuals so what what was their excuse for the rape that happened to her oh well that must have just been that was probably carl it was oh oh yeah so they were working together Oh, of course because you know how homosexuals are they're just deviants degenerates and people wonder why they don't call the cops. Yep. So now we have the murder of Kitty Genevieve solved. Later that week, police got a call about a suspected robbery. When police showed up, they found a television in the trunk of the suspect's car. The man, Winston Mosley, was arrested and taken to the station where he confessed to stealing appliances dozens of times. Mosley drove a white Corvair, and this struck Detective John. Tartagila, Tartagila, I'm sorry, that sounds like an STD, who remembered that some witnesses to the Genevieve's murder had reported seeing a white car, a Corsair. This was mentioned to Mosley, who said nothing. Tartagila called the detectives John Carroll and Mitchell Sang. They noticed scabs on Mosley's hand because Kitty, like a kitty, fought. Scratched. Good. On Mosley accused him of killing Kitty. Mosley replied that he had and confirmed information that was that only the murderer would know. So he admitted to killing her. So the killer was Winston Mosley, <clears throat> who I would like to add was black. Uh, so let's just trifecta this shit. <laughs> right. We got the gay people. We got the lesbians. Or we got. Hold on, just a second. Is he Jewish? Because that would be the perfect trifecta. So we've got sexism, racism, and semitism. Just boom. But Kitty was Italian. <laughs> so. Ah, all right. We're going to go so You can stick out the pinky and be all right. <laughs> Give me some pasta. All right. They noticed. Um, so Winston Mosley. Mosley had spotted Genevieve um, at a traffic light while he sat in his parked car and then followed her home. Literally. Just luck of the draw. He was sitting at a fucking traffic light. He had been driving around Queens looking for a victim, but gave no motive for the attack. Mosley's was married with three children and had no prior record. Later, interrogations would have Mosley confessed to several other rapes and two other murders, those of Annie Mae Johnson and Barbara Kralik. Mosley's was sentenced to death on June 15th, 1964 it was reduced to a life sentence in 1967 he would later claim that a mobster executed genevieve's and he was only the getaway driver mosley's son has stated that he believed mosley attacked genevieve's because she yelled racial slurs at him mosley died in jail on march 28 2016 at the age of 81 years old good he never should have lived that long. No. She should have lived longer than he did. Uh, and by the way, I just looked his picture up. That is one creepy looking dude. I would not want that to be the last face I saw. Right? No. I'm glad he served his whole life sentence. Yep. He was how old when he was arrested? Um, I don't know how old he was when he was arrested, but he, he was in jail for 81 years. He lived a whole long ass life. Nice. Like... So that is the life and death of Kitty Genevieve. 
an amazing, full of life, wonderful person who unfortunately became nothing more than a term paper for psychology majors around the world. That's sad. She, she was a bright light for the people and lives that she touched. Um, and then I believe, you know, one of the wonderful things about her though, is that her life became a movement for Mm -hmm. many things such as nine one one. Um, I feel, I feel very sad for Marianne and Sophia and I feel very bad for Carl because apparently he moved away from New York and he faded out of existence. Nobody knows really what happened to him, but the guilt that he must have felt. Oh yeah, completely. Greed that must have been burned into the back of his mind for the rest of his life must have been completely. Brutal. Yeah. I mean, I can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. I can't imagine the what the people that lived in Kew Gardens after that night I mean, I hope that maybe it, it it raised some kind of awareness, but I mean, I don't fault any of those people because yeah. none of them saw everything. None of them knew yeah. what was like. There have been times where I have heard a noise in the middle of the night in my little piddly neighborhood. I mean, I don't even live on I don't live on a busy street. Like literally, I live on a street with eight houses mm-hmm. as I'm triangulating where I live now. You know, like the, the no no traffic goes through my neighborhood, but I hear a noise. I mean, I don't get up and go to the window, and I mean, I don't look for that. But I mean, there's been times where I've heard like shouting or something, and I'm like, I'm like, mm. but I mean, then again, I also sleep with headphones, earplugs, and like everything going on because I'm such a light sleep. But I mean, I'm a light sleeper, and I sleep with earplugs and like wireless headphones on and I still hear shit. So, yeah, I, I am the same way, but just opposite. Like, even though I sleep in my room with my door closed, like our house echoes really good and I've got cameras everywhere and I'll sit up and I'll check the cameras or I'll poke my head out the window. I have absolutely no qualms with walking out a door with my baseball bat or my pistol. Like this shit is not coming into my neighborhood. It's not happening. I'm uh, that's just who I was, how, who I was raised to be. And I'm like, I have absolutely no problems protecting everybody within this household. And I, I, I can honestly say that the kind of person I was, that if I lived in that area, being the kind of person that I am. <laughs> Girl, I sleep with a seven-year-old, 50 squishmallows, and some tiny hands. <laughs> like, Just poke them in the eye. Like, literally, I can, I can, like, karate chop them with my tiny hands. <laughs> like, I, I would have to, like, crack them some jokes and be like, so, right. have you heard the one about the... Seriously, with the hands, I can't. <laughs> I need a set of those. Wait a minute. Peekaboo. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. Peek-a-boo. Um. Yeah. That's all I got. That, so that's 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 what I got. Um. That is. Is. For those of you that are listening and don't know what's going on on this screen between the two of us right now, is I have a set of the little plastic tiny hands, and I am just. <laughs> Living my She's best right. life right now. <laughs> Lord have mercy. You really need a pair. I really do. And yeah, anyway, um, it's an incredible story, but it's also incredibly sad. It is very sad. I mean, excuse me, but you know, it's it's like your um, it's like your police officer um, who I almost just called Nessie. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, you have to stop with the hands. <laughs> What is his name again? The police officer, the the marshal, the U.S. marshal. Oh, Bass Reeves. Yeah, Bass Reeves, not Nessie. <laughs> you weren't anywhere close. <laughs> you were just thinking sea monster. That's all you were thinking. <laughs> oh, good lord. Um, yeah, so it's like Bass Reeves. You know, I mean, like he had to live and go through hardships. For amazing things to happen. So, um, you know, like, 
fixed point in time. Yep. It's like the do- it's like Doctor Who, fixed point in time. Yep. It has to happen. Yep. It ha- bad things have to happen for us to learn and grow. Yep. But that's a whole other thing that we already talked about before. So seriously you've got to stop with the hands all right so if you'd like you can find us on instagram or twitter at like rabbit holes if you have any story ideas um you are free or want to give us feedback you can email us like rabbit holes at gmail.com please feel free to drop us a review on apple podcasts it really helps us out uh if you want i read that wrong my bad because uh, half my little box is covering up my speech and I thought I could ad lib it and I can't ad lib because I've had a little bit too much out of the other cup and not enough out of the other cup. When you drink out of the wrong cup, it's too heavy. Do not lift that up with those hands. <laughs> God. I don't even know what to do with you anymore. Love me. <laughs> okay. As always, Wherever you are, have a wonderful morning, night, or afternoon. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. And if you have to, call the cops. Or you can do it anonymously. Yeah. It is completely legal to say, I want to remain anonymous. I don't want to give any information. And they won't give it out. I mean, they're going to have your information anyways because they have tracing abilities. So you're fucked. Yes, but they won't put it out over the radio so people know who, who called. Yeah. If you say you want to remain anonymous, they have to honor that. Just tell them you're Tammy Rabbit Hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll totally buy that. Right. Bye. Love you. Bye.